91.3. WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. We'll get back to that track we were just listening to without your smile. And I'm so thrilled to say that today we have first-time guest on the show. We're going to welcome her momentarily. I will start out by saying you are tuned into Local Motion on 91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Please consider subscribing to the YouTube channel and the Facebook page by the same name. Now, let's get today's guest on the line. Michonne? Hi. Hi. We made it. We're here. Yes. It's always a good start when there's no disconnecting going on, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I'd like to just start out with a brief introduction Introduction, and start out by saying vocalist, recording artist, performer, composer, educator, Michonne Taylor has toured extensively as a background vocalist with Sting, Pink Floyd, Pat Benadar, George Benson, Foreigner, the Glenn Miller Orchestra, to name a few. She's performed with Aretha Franklin, Billy Joel, James Taylor, and many other notable artists. Michon has sung on numerous national TV and radio commercials and film soundtracks. She has written and published over 100 compositions that have been featured on network and cable television shows worldwide, as well as in major motion pictures. And with that, a warm welcome to Local Motion, Michon Taylor. Who are you talking about? I that sounds know. too good to be true. A really, really special lady who I'm just thrilled to have on the show today. Um. And we'll start uh, out by saying when we booked this date, you and I, uh, you were so sweet. You're just like, oh my gosh, it's my husband's birthday. Danny Lewis, of course, <laughs> your husband. And you're out on the road with him. And you really are so sweet to take out some time while they're doing a sound check to talk with me today. So thank you for oh, that. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, finally, post, somewhat post-COVID, you know, the government mule is finally back out on a pretty full-blown schedule. So we haven't seen each other in a bit. And um, so I popped out to visit him on the road and hang out for a few shows. And, and where um, are you exactly? I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in West Hampton, Massachusetts right now. Nice. Where they're getting ready to, yeah, they're getting ready to do a show here in this beautiful outdoor venue. And I've got, you know, I don't even know the name of it, but, <laughs> but um, it's a gorgeous day. And um, yeah, so it should be a wonderful show, wonderful evening, and it's great to be with Danny. And Yeah, on um, his birthday nonetheless. You know, on his birthday. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's perfect. And at least the humidity broke yeah. a little bit. So um, being yeah, that you're in Massachusetts, yeah, so that's perfect. Great. Perfect. All right. Well, now let's start back with you. Every time I start talking with somebody, especially for the first time, I always say, this is your life, Michonne Taylor. I'll start out in the beginning. You were born in... Yokohama, Japan. Yes, yes. My mother uh, was, she's deceased, um, you know, um, uh, five years ago she passed, but she had a good long life. She made it to 94, and she was Japanese, full-blooded Japanese. My father was American military, and um, they met in Japan. Of course, we're talking post-World War II generation. but my mother was a singer, actually, and she sang in, uh, you know, little clubs around Tokyo as well as the Officers Club, which was located on the military base in Yokohama. 
and my father was the club manager. Oh, no way. So that's, so that's how they met. Wow. Yeah. And your mom, from what I'm understanding as far as doing my homework, was grew up in a very musical family. Your grandfather was a classical pianist, composer, and teacher. Yes, yes, yeah. He taught at the um, University of Tokyo. Uh, he taught classical piano, He and he was also a, a choral director. And so, um, yeah, the, that was sort of the roots, and my mother's brothers were all musicians, and yeah, they were a very creative musical family, so I, I guess that's where I get my love for music. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it sounds like it, for sure. And then um, your family yeah. transferred from Japan to New Jersey. Yeah, my dad was from New Jersey, so, um, you know, there was a certain point where after I was born, uh, and my, my older sister, who is nine years older, so the two of us, um, you know, came to America with, obviously, my parents, and my father was from Jersey, and he needed to find work back in the States, and so... Yeah, so here I am. <laughs> and what, how old were you when you came over? I was four and a half or mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, young, but I still had the imprinting of those early years of being in Japan and being born there. Japanese was my first language. I and, was going to ask, when you, you came, know, did you speak um, uh, English when you came over here? No. Mm-hmm. No, I did not. So it was, you know, it was a different time and culture and society here in America, and so my my father wanted me to assimilate and, you know, become an American, and um, so he, he kind of said, well, let's stop talking Japanese at home, and my mother stopped talking to me in Japanese, so I kind of forgot a lot of the language, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what vocabulary I have is really of a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can understand Pretty that. Much. I have a similar history with Germany, so I came over here um, not knowing oh. English either when I was in third grade, and it was, you know, same kind oh. of a thing. So, yeah, I understand the the whole thing. And then, Interesting. Yeah, and you went to Catholic school also. Yes. Oh, you too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Still, still oh, recuperating. Yeah. Only kidding. <laughs> Not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The little plaid plaid uniforms. You know, with pleated skirts and saddle shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Had the uniform, the whole thing. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I when I went to high school, I I actually demanded my parents to let me to go to public high school, you know, which I did. Good. So good. that was good. That was, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And now uh, music to you in your household coming back here to the U S your mom, did she still continue to sing when she was here or how did it go with you guys when you came back here? Well, yeah. Yeah. She, you know, she didn't sing professionally anymore. I mean, you know, at that point when she met my father, it was her career and her dream. And, um, you know, obviously having a family, having children, um, moving back to the States. And then my mother had two more children. So I have a younger brother and a younger sister. Wow. Okay. And um, so she really became a full-time mom. But mm-hmm. she did sing, uh, you know, for community uh, productions and things at school and that sort of thing. And she still loved it. And she sang around the house all the time. Mm, nice. And of course, it was music. 
playing all the time. And my mother was, you know, given her generation, she was enamored with uh, old sort of 40s Hollywood movies. She loved Fred Astaire and mm-hmm. Ginger Rogers and Gene um, Kelly, you know, that, that generation of Hollywood beauty and fantastic um, productions, you know, with dancing and singing. So she always had those movies playing. Oh, sweet, <laughs> um, sweet, sweet. Yeah. 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 And yeah, you watch that stuff. And you did. Sorry, you, go ahead. I understand that you also started singing in the church choir during elementary school. I did, yeah, when I was in Catholic school. Um, yeah, we, you know, participated in the choir, and, um, you know, I was given solos to sing, and then I started actually getting hired to sing at weddings and funerals in the church, and, you know, that was sort of the beginnings of my little business enterprise. Yeah, your little solo <laughs> career. Singer. Yeah, that's really great. <laughs> and I understand you started playing guitar at 11 or 12 years old? Yeah, I started teaching myself guitar back then. You know, I was listening to um, early, you know, Joan Baez and Joni Mitchell, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that was sort of the beginning of that sort of folk rock movement, and and I wanted to play those songs, so I actually taught myself to play guitar in in those early years, and I started out as a, you know, kind of a singer-songwriter, folk singer, um you know, when I was a teenager. So that that was sort of the beginning for me. Right, right. And then, of course, you know, music, where there's music, there's boys. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You and I have another similarity. I also graduated high school early. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did, how did that come about for you? I just didn't want to be there anymore, and I was not ever yeah. going to quit. Um, it was just too right. clicky and too nowhere I felt comfortable being. So um, that is so wild. That was that's my story too. I just <laughs> wanted to get out of there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And you did, and you successfully by the age of eighteen had your own little living arrangement. Yeah, I graduated high school when I was 16, got out of there, and, um, you know, I was already working and singing and in a band, uh, a couple of bands, actually, at that point. And so when I turned 18, in fact, the week I turned 18, I left home, mm-hmm. and I never really looked back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, I knew what I wanted to do, and I just wanted to be out in the world yep. doing it, you know. Right, right. I, so yeah. I love the band. Your first band name, Zazuzaz. How did you come oh, up with? Yeah, tell me how you came oh, up yeah. with that name. Well, Zazuzaz is a phrase that was taken from Cap Calloway. Ah. So, for people that don't know who Cap Calloway was, he was a really prominent uh, figure in sort of the jazz swing era. And, um, you know, he was a band leader. He was a, a real entertainer. If you, you know, if you YouTube Cap Calloway, I'm sure you'll find oh, yeah. clips of him in movies and different performances. But he was just an incredible talent. And uh, so it was that sort of jazz swing style music. And that particular band, we did a lot of swing and bebop vocal um, music, so music of 
the 40s, 30s and 40s, um, plus music from like Lambert, Hendrickson, Ross, if you know who they were. Um, they were much more sophisticated jazz vocal arrangements, but still very swing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we had that swing aspect to the music we were doing, plus we were doing original material that sort of crossed over into what would be called jazz fusion mm-hmm. at the time. But we loved that that phrase, um, zazz is zazz. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. so original. I, I just love it. Did you ever yeah. have voice lessons or was it just something you heard your mom? It's just something you've never, you just came natural to you? Well, I think I think it did come naturally to me early on because I just heard so much music and singing mm-hmm. growing up. But by the time I was, I guess, 17 or so, I started taking lessons and really just took a few, um, you know, really just a few lessons from a classical teacher in New York City. And, um, you know, now, you know, cuts cutting forward, fast forward to now, you know, now that I am teaching, I have been teaching for 20 years, um, starting out privately, but I'm at NYU and the new school now. It's fantastic. Um, (laughs) It is. So, well, that's a whole other story. Thank you. Yes. But, um, yeah, the classical technique wasn't really working for me at the time because I really needed to understand how to work my voice in different ways and, for different styles of music because the, the, you know, the instrument is the same, but the use of it is slightly different in terms of um, operatic technique mm-hmm. as opposed to contemporary singing. Mm-hmm. You know, there are different things that are going on with the mechanism. But, um, yeah, so I did study a little, but honestly, I think most of my learning at that time and early on for me happened on the job. Perfect. You know, I was singing so much. I was working so much um, in those early years. <clears throat> and, you know, you just, you, you figure it out. Yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, you got the greatest college experience, first of all, at such a young age. And now you probably appreciated going to school later on in life a whole lot more. Yeah, I didn't go to college right. when I was 18. When you were 18. You know, I went right, right in. Yeah, when I was, you know, at that point, I was just working because mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. Right. And yeah, so fast forward to in my 50s is when I went to college. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I love it. Hey. That's... So it's never too late. I am here to tell everyone it is never too late. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I was very impressed when I learned that your first road gig was you were like 20 years old with the Glenn Miller Orchestra. Yeah, I was 1920, um, and after Zazu's ass, oh gosh, can you hear me? The band's sound checking now. <laughs> Government um, mule in the background, folks, in case you're all <laughs> yeah. wondering what's going on. <laughs> I, my background music. I'm trying to walk away from the stage area. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, after sort of the Zaz, you know, experience in that band, I had auditioned. Um, for the Glenn Miller Orchestra because someone alerted me to the fact that they were looking for someone. And I, I passed the audition, and um, that was sort of my first big, I guess, uh, 
road gig. Yeah. Yeah. And how <laughs> different to be in an orchestra like that, right? You had to be dressed and looked a certain way and um Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, than- it was very it was yeah, it was very elegant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was very elegant and you know, sort of sophisticated and um you know, an older audience, mm-hmm. different kind of audience than would come see Pink Floyd or something you like think? that. But, you um, think? Just a little different. <laughs> yeah, just a little different. And you also lived in L.A. for some time, yes? I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived there for a decade, you know. Um, I guess it was right after uh, I had toured, actually, as a production assistant for the Jackson Victory Tour. Wow. And that was sort of a weird little, um, you know, shoot off. Now, what are you talking uh, about, Jackson Victory Tour? L- go into that. So on- this is so yeah. So this we're talking 1984. Um, you know, it was all the brothers. It was Michael Jackson, Randy. You know, all the brothers, and they did this very big tour, wor- world tour, called the Jackson Victory Tour, and. Early on in the tour, they they had done what was called Giant Stadium at the time. Mm -hmm. I think it's called the MetLife Stadium or something now. But a friend of mine was um, a stage manager, so he was working on the production side. And he called me and he said, hey, what are you doing? And and I had actually uh, come off a, a little tour, and I said, well, right now, nothing. And he said, well, come work for me. I need help over here at Giant Stadium. So I went. I worked as a production assistant. And, um, you know, at the end of that little week or so at, the, at Giant Stadium, they said, well, hey, what are you doing? Do you want to go on the road and do this gig? So I did. Wow. So I worked for six months um, on the Jackson Victory Tour as a production assistant. And it was actually such a great experience because number one i mean it was the jackson brothers so yeah. it was massive it was stadiums only it was you know huge crowds right. huge show wow and um i learned a lot about what goes on behind the scenes mm-hmm. uh from the production aspect and you know we were managing the office i worked in we're managing an over 300 man crew because they were leapfrogging stages so while one show was happening in one city the next city was already being set up because it was such a big production and that happens you know pretty commonly now i'm sure when you're talking about the rolling stones or you know any show at that level right right right. um many times many times they have what's called the leapfrog production so um Wow. Yeah, unless there's a lot of time in between, right? Because right. you think about all that gear that needs to be set up and then torn down and transported. So it's a big machine, mm-hmm. really yeah. big machine. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. W- I would imagine so, that. I would imagine so. What an experience for you, though. And um, and George yeah. Benson also. Did that happen around the same time after? That was a, a, a couple years later. Mm-hmm. Um, after the Jackson Victory Tour, I toured with Pat Benatar. Oh, nice. Did a, yeah, did a run with her, and she was wonderful to work for, and I was singing, you know, background vocalist for her. Yeah. And then I think came George after that, and um, and that was another unusual situation. 
um, I, it, the, the gig was for a percussionist singer. So I had never really toured or played professionally as a percussionist. But, but I, when I got the call, um, of course, they said, well, can you play percussion? I just said yes. And, I, you know, after I hung up, I said, oh, my God, what did I just get myself into? Practice, practice. Um, <laughs> and I have a couple of weeks to sort of get it together. And I went and took some lessons from a pretty well-known percussionist in L.A. I was still living in L.A. at the time. And, um, yeah, I practiced. I woodshed it. I just got my chops together, my hands, you know, really basic. Right. But, um, you know, just playing kungas and timbales and some hand toys. And, you know, thank God I have a good sense of time. Yes. And, um, yeah, and, and I did the gig. And, you know, honestly, I, if I had not left, I probably could still be on that gig because George is such a, just a wonderful musician and person to work with. Mm-hmm. And he's had guys in his band that have been there for over 30 years. Wow. wow. And, um, yeah. That no, says a lot so about him. Right. That's Absolutely. A, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's wonderful. He's so cool and such a gentleman. Now, and, you know, a genius. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when I was reading about your start with Pink Floyd, I was blown away by the fact that you got that gig without doing an audition. Yeah, yeah, Tell I know. Us. And we need to know. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's it's one of those things that happens when you're in the business and you're kind of in the stream and the flow of things. The um, front of house mix engineer... Buford Jones, who I will never, ever forget, he did the Pat Benatar tour. And so, obviously, he knew uh, my singing. And when he got called to do the Floyd tour and David was looking for singers, he recommended me. Buford recommended me. And, um, again, I was still living in L.A., so I got the call. I went to a recording studio. I think it was Ocean way um if my memory serves me right and i david was there they were finishing up some work um on momentary lapse of reason which was the record that the tour followed and i we just sat and talked and he was so sweet and lovely and you know we just kind of had a very casual conversation and then he said okay well do you want to go on the road? Wow. <laughs> Do you want to go on tour? And it was, that was just so easy and cool. Oh, so, yeah. That me. was another oh. great, great person and another great band to work with. And, yeah, I mean, I wish yeah, I wish it would happen again, but I'm not so sure it'll ever happen again. You right, know? right, right. Well, you never yeah. know. Things Crazier things have happened, and uh, <laughs> you just don't know. But, boy, that must have been an unbelievable experience for you. Um, I read that yeah. another interview that you had done with somebody, and they asked, like, your favorite, like, Floyd show or memory, um, Versailles. Is that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Palace of Versailles was, it was a dream. It was just an incredible dream. You know, no one had ever uh, done a concert like this on the property where the palace is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so this is 1988. 
um, you know, the stage was set up in the parking lot across from the Palace of Versailles. And that particular night was just this beautiful, beautiful summer night. And it was a full moon. Mm. And the Mm. moon was over the palace. So that's what we were looking at from the stage. Mm. And then in between the stage and the palace were like 100,000 people. It was a huge crowd. Oh, absolutely. And just an incredible... Yeah, so incredible. The concert was like on the grounds or in the front of the palace where you're looking down the streets. Because I, I know so what, I know Versailles. Of, you you remember? So it's we were in the parking lot. You know, I haven't been there in years, so I don't know if it has changed. But so we were in the lot mm-hmm. across from the palace. Okay, so it was quite a distance, but we could see the palace across the sure. parking lot. Okay, yeah were standing you Mm. know all the audience was between the palace and the stage so um yeah and i and i understand that there is actually a plaque right near the area where we where the stage was uh commemorating that particular performance yeah is that on video anywhere is that on youtube there's some clips of it on youtube yeah there are Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I think there there is a clip of it in, you know, they Floyd released uh, a, a sort of a big box set of material in 2019. It was just before COVID hit. And it was, you know, a collection of that tour, Delicate Sound of Thunder tour, um, and then Pulse, which was the tour after that. And I think the Division Bell is part of that package. So there's there's a lot of um, clips, film clips, and and some recordings that are not found anywhere else. So mm-hmm. I believe there's some stuff from Versailles in there Beautiful. too. Yeah, so, I'll have to I'll have yeah. to look that up. That must have been quite an yeah. experience for you, and just Floyd in general. Uh, I mean, I was lucky enough to see them a couple times, and there's no show quite like it. That's for sure. Um, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you yeah. also. I, um, also, we can't forget Sting. You've also did a tour with him. I did. I, I toured with him in the end of 1999 into 2000. So I did like a six-month run with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was kind of a funny situation, only in that uh, Sting had tarted, started that brand-new day tour like September or so of 1999. And he had started the tour with these three girls from London who were kind of um, a a group. So they were kind of like this girl group, vocal group. And um, he started the tour with them, but he was not happy with them. And so he kind of came back to some people he knew in in New York and said, hey, I want a, a different setup with the background vocalist. And my friend Daryl Tooks, who happened to have sung on a couple things on that record, on the Brand New, brand new Day record, um, he called me and he said, look, Sting wants me and a, and a girl to do this gig and somebody that has road experience, blah, blah, blah. And so that's kind of how that gig happened, too. Hmm. So, hmm. you know, it, it's so much in this business, and I think probably any business is relationships yes and your network 
and how you work your network and all of that, you know. It also and, seems um, like all the people I've talked to, it also a large part is being in the right place at the right time. Absolutely. Yeah, that that definitely has a lot to do with its timing and and your connections and yeah, you know, yeah. that's why I tell my my students, you know, be a nice person, work hard. Yes. You know, and stay open to possibilities because you never know when an opportunity is going to come up yes. that will change your the trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um you know, obviously now being older and looking back on my experiences, um, you know, I can really say that with confidence is that you really have to stay open. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> now, the other thing that your, yeah. your, your um, major part of your career is composing. Um, you started that at a very early age. Does that come in spurts? Does it, are you, you know, how does that come to you, the composing? Do you, do you always feel like, oh, I'm writing something new, or does it come and go? It, it kind of comes and goes only, at least now for me, because I'm, my attention is kind of divided in different areas of my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm teaching now. I'm part of the academic world, and I, you know, I have to kind of acquiesce to the scheduling of that university life. Yep. which I'm happy to. I'm, I love teaching and I'm enjoying this whole journey and this other chapter of my life right now. Right. And, um, but I'm, I'm trying certainly now to post COVID. I'm, I realize, you know, time is flying and I need to, to kind of fulfill and satisfy my own creative needs and desires. And so, so I have been trying to put music out there and working on some new things and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but luckily for me I'm not doing it as um to, to make money or to survive it's right. really pure joy for me right yeah to teach and as you noted you you also received your undergrad degree and also got a master's so um and now you're teaching mm-hmm. at NYU Clive Davis School um how cool is that and also the new school as well so you do private lessons yeah. as well Michonne if anybody out there was ever interested in doing private lessons with you I do. I do. It's my, my schedule's a little bit crazy mm-hmm. during the school year, but I, I do see, and I've always had private students. I started out privately only. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I am available. And, you know, since COVID, um, I've done a lot of teaching online on Zoom, and it actually works really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. you have a wonderful website if people really do want to learn more or contact you. com is um, your website, which is a very beautiful website, and it gives you all oh, kinds of information. Um, I love that you and Danny, tell me about the name of the group that you guys have come up with during COVID. Oh, yeah, Gratis Course. So- yes. Yeah, you, well, obviously, we were sitting around at home a lot. Um, you know, I, I was, luckily, I was still teaching online, but Danny and the band were not able to tour. And so we started writing some music together. Um, you know, we have a studio at home. And luckily, uh, you know, the freedom and the availability to, to record and do stuff when we want to. So, yeah, we started toying around with some ideas, and then we came up with Burn Down Babylon, 
and decided to do a little video and, and give the, you know, the entity a name. So Bratiscord means grateful heart Aww. in Latin. Mm-hmm. So that's what that means. And so we just felt like, yeah, we were so grateful to, you know, be alive and not be sick and have each other, you know, during that time period of lockdown. Yeah. So yeah. that's how that, that all came about. And the videos so, that you guys came up with and your own solo work as well. Um, again, you've got a YouTube channel that you could subscribe to. And we just started the show yes. off with Heat. And then you've got Without Your Smile. And you just your video work is just so beautiful, too. So um, it's oh, nice to have the you. visual there with the audio. So um, I, you know, would push folks towards that as well and check you out on, uh, on YouTube and all of that. I have a, a question for you you are you going to bring a cake up on stage tonight while they're playing or what <laughs> you know I, I haven't been able to like get away and talk to the road manager and <laughs> try to figure something out yeah we definitely need to do something or a pie in the face or something something <laughs> something and please video that so the rest of us could see it oh gosh oh exactly oh it's wonderful well you're living a beautiful life and your voice is just magnetic oh. and just really you are oh. such a talent and so, so all around the, the, you've got the whole picture going on michonne and um oh yeah. you're so sweet thank oh. you so much oh my gosh yeah absolutely it's not my birthday it's not my birthday today how lucky am i but it is your husband's birthday. So, hey, you know, you're celebrating. I'm going to um, let you go in a minute, but I'm going to play the the link that you send me. Tell me about this, the Pink Floyd, the great gig in the sky. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, obviously an iconic yeah. vocal piece um, that uh, is, is, is just a crazy piece to sing, actually. It's pretty vocally challenging. Uh-huh. Um, but it was, you know, so much fun to be able to do that with the real Pink Floyd. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's such a beautiful piece. You know, Rick Wright, the original keyboard player of Pink Floyd, who unfortunately is passed now, um, he wrote that. And for people that don't know the story, Claire Torrey was the original singer on The Dark Side of the Moon for Great Gig in the Sky. And she was a session singer in London. They called her to come in and said, hey, do something over this. Like, it was just the piano uh, changes and just a very simple track at that point. And she came in, and that's all improvised. It is Claire, Mm. you know, just being magnificent. And, um, yeah, so really, basically, she wrote that melody. That's her improvisation. Yeah. Which, by the way, now, for anybody that cares to know, she was only paid as a session singer at the time. Wow. But many years later, in 2014, she won a, a lawsuit. Good. She is credited. She's credited as a writer now. Yeah. And she got paid. She I, got paid what she should have gotten paid. And you know what? That is, yeah. that song, her vocals make that song. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, without that, it's, 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 it's a good song. I'm not taking it away from it. But yeah. my gosh, what that added to it, it just, it made it complete. Yeah. It made it complete. So. Absolutely. Well, we're, yeah. we're going to listen to your version of it right now with Pink Floyd. Okay. And okay. Michonne, you're a sweetheart. And I hope to see you sometime. Thank, Thank you. you for your time here today. Thank and you. have some fun oh. tonight with the guys. And happy birthday to Danny, please. Thank you so 
so much, Rita. It was such, so much fun. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll do it again sometime. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Take Thanks. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 91.3 WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. That was Michonne Taylor. And now let's take a listen to this. Michonne singing with Pink Floyd. 91.3 WVKR.
Google Fi, a phone. Don't try that at home, folks. 91.3 WVKR, the incredible Michonne Taylor, Pink Floyd's The Great Gig in the Sky. Whew. Whew. So Michonne was our guest today. If you missed part of that interview, it will be uploaded tonight on the YouTube and Facebook page under Local Motion on 91.3 WVKR. And uh, we've got time for another track of Michonne's and uh, that she played on. Um, this is when she toured with Sting. And this was uh, recorded from the show at the Royal Albert Hall back in the year 2000. Let's take a listen to Michonne with Sting. 
WVKR Sting set them free with vocalist Michonne Taylor on that. And that was from a performance at the Royal Albert Hall in London. And we also heard a great gig in the sky featuring Michonne Taylor, who was today's guest here on Local Motion. Whew. Ah, that's some good stuff. That's some really good stuff. So we're going to start, we're going to end the show with a few more of her tracks that she, um, uh, either solo work or that she was a background singer on. So we'll, we'll feature a little bit more of those towards the end of the show, which we have another hour to go here. I will say that we're just about at the top of the hour. So I'll tell you that you are tuned into Local Motion on 91.3 WVKR, broadcasting live from the beautiful campus here at Vassar College, Poughkeepsie, New York. Thanks for tuning in, perhaps online at WVKR.org or simply at the dial. However it is you're here, always appreciate you being here. And I want to thank again today's guest, Michonne Taylor, for being here. Um, Today is her husband's birthday, Danny Lewis, who's the keyboardist uh, with Government Mule, and they're playing a show tonight. So she was kind enough to um, sneak away while they were doing sound check and uh, talk to us here on the on the air. So good stuff, good stuff. And uh, right now we're going to start the show off. Every time um, the hour that I don't have a guest, I always start off the show here by paying tribute to Tony Falco, who passed away October 28th of 2021. He left us with many things. And one of the things he left us is with was a really cool playlist on Spotify. So a um, couple hundred songs on there. And I've been going through them in, in order and um, just... Tony had such a diverse taste of music. And of course, he was the he's the one that gave us the Falcon in Marlboro, which is still running beautifully with his son Lee at the helm and a great team behind him. So if you ever want to think of Tony and how to honor him, go pay a visit to the Falcon in Marlboro live at thefalcon.com. Check out their amazing lineup of music. Even if it's a band you've never heard of, just go expose yourself to some new music and you might be pleasantly surprised to see all the great music that is at the Falcon. So right now, this was a track from Tony's playlist and I'm going to start off the five o'clock hour with a track for Tony by Harry Nelson here on 91.3. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind People stopping still I can't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going while the sun keeps shining Through the pouring rain Going 
well, the weather suits my clothes. Banking off of the northeast winds, sailing on summer breeze, and skipping over the ocean like a stone. My clothes Banking off of the northeast winds Sailing on summer breeze And skipping over the ocean Like a stone Everybody's talking at me Can't hear a word they're saying Only the echoes of my mind I won't let you leave my love behind No, I won't let you leave Sad and you got a frown. Make 
make her happy with ten toes up and ten toes down, yeah. That's what makes the world go round. Now the question, black, white, or brown? Ten toes up and ten toes down. WVKR, Chris Beard and his father, Joe Beard, 10 toes up. And that's some serious blues going on. They'll be performing live tomorrow night, Thursday, at the Falcon in Marlboro. You can make reservations by giving the Falcon a call or by going to their website and doing it online, live at thefalcon.com. There's never a ticket to purchase. It's always done by donation. And we also started off this hour with a track from Tony Falco's playlist, Harry Nilsson's Everybody's Talking. You never know what you're going to find on Tony's um, playlist. It's really cool. I, I really enjoy that every single week to just, hey, what else did he listen to? And um, yeah. All right. So we are going to keep the music blow- flowing here. And uh, let's do it right now with a gentleman and the group who will be playing at the Town Crier in Beacon this Saturday Frank Carrillo and the Bandoleros. Let's take a listen right now on 91.3. I rode the train in Glasgow to even up the score. No matter how much luck you have, you always look for more. But all the luck you plunder won't always cinch the deal. I only got to Glasgow just to hear the church bell peal. I met a girl in Holland, velvet skin she had. I couldn't understand her, but it wasn't all that bad With eye communication, some kind of ESP I met her in the morning, now she wants to marry me So give the doggies one good day And sly on it is due I'm gonna shake the Build a high-rise palace where kings 
come to, honey When it all comes tumbling Comes tumbling down When it all comes tumbling Comes tumbling down WVKR. Annalise and Ryan, When the Rain. Love that single of theirs. Annalise and Ryan, they're a couple from Beacon, and they do all kinds of great stuff, including putting on some really cool events in Beacon, including Summer Night Soundtracks, which is happening this Saturday, the 13th, at the Yard in Beacon. Info and tickets at Annalise and Ryan. Um... So, yeah, they're doing this every month and they're doing another one in September. The movie will be Bridesmaids. So um, some pretty cool stuff that they have going on. Annalise and Ryan. You can check out their website dot com. Annalise and Ryan dot com for tickets and info to that event. And again, that's happening in Beacon this Saturday at the Yard. We also heard Frank Carrillo and the Bandoleros, an older release, but I thought this was cool. I, I picked this one out. This came out back in oh early 2000s, and um, Frank Carrillo and the Bandoleros, the track was called Everything Changes in the Album Someday. Those guys will be playing at the Town Crier in Beacon this Saturday night also. Frank Carrillo and the Bandoleros. You can get tickets and info at towncrier.com, and that's town spelled with an E, crier.com. And now we're going to play something brand new. Might even be radio premiere, but I'm not sure about that. Jay Collins, who's currently out on tour with Little Feet, also plays with the Midnight Ramble and a couple of other incredible groups. Um, he sent a new single that he just uh, is releasing, and it's called Till You're Ready. Let's take a listen to brand new music by Jay Collins here on 91.3. As real as the sand through your fingers Real as the dirt that's in your hand As warm as the sun rises to greet you As certain as the truths we understand as real as the wind that blows around you As tender as the moon that sees us kiss As steady as your tires on the road at night As faithful as the signs we sometimes miss And when your feet are tired Ready for the world 
as strong as the coffee in your cup As green as the garden that you water every day As precious as the child you gather up As cold as a gun that shoots a bullet as the poor life that it takes As loud as a voice is just a whisper As hard as the choices we must make
feel like a stranger, but I can't see. And I'd do anything to have you next to me. Oh, no matter how far I roam, your arms will always be my home. Cause your arms, we wanna be right now. I'm gonna get there somehow. Your arms, we wanna be right now. I'm gonna get there somehow. Your hands, gentle like the southern rain. Wash away all of my pain. Go from New York to Dublin. You're on. This place I've been I've never known a night To be so lonely Except for the nights you're away from me And hope to you This loneliness ain't no No woman like you Should ever feel alone and A woman like you Should ever feel alone A woman like you Should ever feel alone Your arms Where I wanna be right now I'm gonna get there somehow Your arms Right now, I'm gonna get there somehow. So I'm gonna get there somehow. I'm gonna get there somehow. I'm gonna get there somehow. Ninety one three WVKR. Dylan Doyle's self-titled EP called The Sugar EP, Where I'd Like to Be Right Now. Arrangement by Dylan Doyle and harmonica by Dylan Doyle. Produced by Manuel Quintana. Recorded up at Beat Recording Studio up in Catskill, New York, and mixed by Danny Bloom at Hidden Quarry in Boyceville, Bearsville, Bearsville. Um, Dylan Doyle has got two amazing shows coming up this weekend, depending on what part of the Hudson Valley you're at. Um, Friday night, you can see Dylan at the Falcon in Marlboro. And Saturday, you can see him at the Stissing Center in Pine Plains. DylanDoyle.com. You can find him all over social media and you're not going to want to miss him. He's He's got... He's quite a guitarist, singer, songwriter, and has quite the band with him. So again, Friday night at the Falcon for Dylan, and then Saturday at the Stissing Center in Pine Plains. We also heard a brand new single from Jay Collins called Till You're Ready. Jay is currently on tour with Little Feet and the Midnight Ramble Band. He's also going to be performing Labor Day weekend on September 3rd with the Tombs Dixon Band. You can find Jay Collins on his website as well as all over social media. Um, and Little Feet, by the way, is coming here, coming to UPAC and uh, coming, I think, at the end of September. But I don't quote me. 
me on that. Just go to bardavon.org and check out when Little Feet is coming. And I'm thrilled to tell you that I have a confirmed interview with Bill Payne of Little Feet here on Local Motion on August 31st. So in three weeks, we'll have Bill Payne on the show. Looking forward to that. I've had him on the show once before, but it was many years ago when I just first started this. And um, he'll be back and we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see Little Feet on August 31st. So check back in with that one. Also, we'll be hosting Chris Brubeck of the Brubeck Brothers fame, Dave Brubeck's son here on the show in two weeks. Um, So yeah, got lots of great things coming up. So again, subscribe to the YouTube channel and give a like and follow to the Facebook page by Local Motion and keep up with all the great things happening here musically in the Hudson Valley. Speaking of which, here's another brand new release. This one's by Lara Hart. Uh, Lara Hart, Lara Hope, and this one's called Have a Heart. We'll talk more about this after we take a listen to it here on 91.3.
Bum 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 b